Popka, Nemutamua, Mio Mio. My name is Paul Gonzalez from uh, San Jose Pioneer Nation. Uh, employee here at the Indian Health Council, working as the TIPWIC coordinator. And I'm here to uh, offer prayer today for, for healing, mind, body, and spirit. So, Creator, thank you for this day. That special prayer today, Grandfather, for healing for the people. But some people might be going through mental illness or kind of type of addictions or abuse, or anything like that. We ask for, for guidance and, and prayer and healing for these things. And say, that's your prayer for the folks that are going to be offering words to the people for the healing of all these things, Grandfather. So we ask that in a good way, oh, all our nation. Hi everyone, it's David, and before we get into the episode, I just wanted to say thank you for listening to What About Life from Indian Health Council. And I want to remind you that you can subscribe to this show via your podcast player. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify, really any of the podcast players that are out there, they have a mechanism for you to subscribe to a show. Just hit the plus button or the follow button or whatever subscribe button is available within your podcast player and your podcast player will automatically let you know whenever we drop a new episode, which is usually Tuesday of every week of every month. Oh, and please leave us a review on your podcast player. Whether that's Apple or Google or Spotify, click a thumbs up or give us a five-star rating or whatever it is your particular podcast player does to show positivity. If you could show some positivity towards us, that'd be great. It helps in the algorithms and makes our show more available to more people. So you can help us with that. All right, let's get on with the episode. Thanks again. Welcome once again to What About Life, Indian Health Council's podcast. With the PEI team, I'm your host, David S. Dawson. And sitting with me, as usual, is Arturo Calvo. Hey. George Pajas. Hey. Marissa Yapa. Hello. And Jason Levine. Welcome back, guys. You awake, Jason? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. And this is a, this is a post-lunch yeah. uh, podcast recording, lunch. so <laughs> <laughs> Jason's uh, Jason's on the verge of a food coma. So, Too many uh, bowls of split pea soup. <laughs> if we lose him, I apologize. Hopefully he won't <laughs> snore into his mic. Um, so we're uh, concluding our discussion on living with disabilities uh, in this episode. Uh, Marissa, since your uh, digital device is just dinged in the middle of the podcast, right? I'm going to call you on you to yeah. <laughs> move us in. I think that nominates you. <laughs> oh, man. So we were talking about last podcast was time to mute all the my disparities stuff. <laughs> that we experience in native communities. Well, this session, we're going to talk about how to help and, you know, what are some avenues for self-care and ways to help when we're dealing with mental health and disabilities and, you know, living with a disability. So one thing that I've come to learn in looking in, you know, just what I've learned through mental health is that self-care is so important. Taking care of yourself is so important because I know that there's that cliche saying that you can't help someone unless, or how does it go? You can't someone help someone unless they want to help themselves. That or you can't take care of someone else when you can't, or when can't you need to. take care of yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. When you need your own self-care. Yep. Yeah. So I feel like that's just a huge, 
a huge part of us, you know, just being human. So um, for self-care, some of the things that we've mentioned before were like yoga, exercising, you know, what are some hobbies you do? Maybe it's beating, maybe it's the a drum group at IHC that they're going to now soon start. You know, what is your self-care? What helps you out of those? You know, what helps you distress? Ease. I think it could be different for everybody. Yeah. You know, um, I think finding something that's meaningful and works for you is just important. You know, um, it might be those breathing exercises, mm -hmm. right? Um, yoga. I've never tried yoga, but I don't know. It seems interesting. Right. Um, Jason's been trying to get me to do um, massages. You know, massages. Mm -hmm. Massages. I know you're big on the holistic part, right? Like getting a massage oh, yeah. or giving a massage? Oh, no, getting one. You know, like okay. she's talk, talked about like rock. <laughs> what is that rock um, therapy you talk about? And stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of different therapies. I mean, if you, it's, it's important to um, release the, release your body, especially when you're going through a lot of strain and tension throughout the week, or even if it's like once a month. It feels it feels good just to get a release mm -hmm. like in your neck or even if it's like acupuncture or cupping or stuff ice near baths. that. Oh yeah, ice baths. Whatever works for you. And uh if it works for you, continue to do so. Mm -hmm. Even just a good old fashioned bubble bath, like right? <laughs> bubble bath. Mm -hmm. you know, just just some time to just relax and and reflect and and calm yourself, you know. I think that that's important, whether it's breathing exercises or yeah, yoga. Yeah. I mean, part of what makes yoga great is unless you're getting into that kind of like competitive yoga, which is weird, but <laughs> traditional yoga is about centering yourself and, yeah. and becoming one with your body and with your breathing technique. And, and I think that there's a lot of calming effects that come from that, which is why people recommend yoga so much. To be honest with you, they've done yoga here and being a man, I mean, I'm self-conscious. I, I just couldn't build up the courage to go, to go do yoga, if I'm being honest, you know, it's just, I don't know. I just couldn't. Get really self-conscious when you're in a downward-facing dog position. Yes. <laughs> Especially in close quarters with other people, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. I just... I think the, when I tried it, I was, I was uh, a member at the Choose Gym, and <clears throat> I was the only male in the, in the class, but I did it because it was uh, challenging. Yeah, uh -huh. it was really it was early in the morning, like around maybe five thirty. Wow! But I did it because I liked I liked the challenge, and then the stretching stuff, and then going to like working out. But I wasn't necessarily using it for self care. I was mm -hmm. just using it because it was challenging, and it was part of my routine that I was doing. Did yeah. you find that it helped? Oh yeah, definitely. That's I think it's important to mention when we're talking about disabilities and mental illness that that not what works for one person might not work for the next person. Yeah, so totally. Just totally. because it, you know, yoga might work for you or for somebody doesn't mean it's going to work for me. I could try it and it could not work. That doesn't mean that I can't be helped. It means I need to continue my journey of healing mm -hmm. or to, or, or find an, a coping skill that works for me. Well, and we, we had mentioned that in one of the real early episodes of the podcast too, is like, when you find a, th when you're looking to go to a therapist, like 
the first therapist you go to may not be the therapist right. for you. And that's right. okay. You and know, the, and the same probably goes to chop around and try physical disabilities. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, it probably is a lifetime journey of, of, of recovery. And I bet when you finally find something that works, it, you stick with it. Mm -hmm. And, and, and again, you got to stick with it and, and probably go through a routine and, and work the treatment. You know, like substance abuse, you know, you, you can't just be sober one day and say, okay, I, I'm going to be fine. There's a constant healing process. So I think especially with severe mental illnesses, um, you could have, you know, what's called episodes. Mm -hmm. And just because you're not in an episode or not having a crisis or a full on schizophrenic outbreak or, or uh, you're not in a bipolar trend or manic depressed, doesn't mean you don't need help. You know, a lot of times that's when we stop taking meds or we stop going to our therapist because things are great. You know, the yeah. sun's out, sunshine, and everything's good. I'm getting along with my relationship and I'm fine. And yeah, then and you like, like pull all your support systems out yeah, from under yourself. You know, and then and, when and, things do go bad, you're, you're back to square one yeah, trying to start over. You, yeah. you know, you're, you're lost. Yeah. So I think it's just important to mention that. Yeah. And you basically get, you get what you put into it. You know, the more you put into it, um, as far as self-care and um, if you're going through an episode and, and you found stuff that, that worked for you, you're going to get what you put into it. So the more you put into uh, your self-care and what works for you, it's going to continue to work. I think there's a misconception though, is especially in the substance abuse recovery world is if I spend a thousand dollars a day on my son go in this, in this treatment in Arizona, that he's going to be fine. Mm. Doesn't mean you need to spend that money because that may work, but it also may just be wasting your money. You may yeah. not be ready. you right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so absolutely. So putting into it doesn't mean money or time. It just, you know, your heart, you just got to really do the process. It, I, I, I suggest that's my opinion, but there, there could be proven techniques, especially with physical disabilities. Yeah, totally. Um, you, you mentioned, uh, like mental illnesses coming and going, uh, you know, people deal with seasonal depressions. Uh, oftentimes a lot of people get really kind of the blues in the winter time. Um, I, I think if you can start to recognize what your patterns are too, because some of those things, some of these disabilities are seasonal, they're. They're tied to events that we know are coming. Like if it's if if it's repeated depression centered around when you lost somebody, you know, it's a regular kind of seasonal grief yeah, pattern you go through. Like triggers. Or yeah, if you flags. can start to recognize the, the 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 times of the year or the dates that are going to trigger you, you know, being proactive about taking care of yourself and and seeking some support before the trigger actually comes along can be really helpful too. Um, Cause I know, I know after losing my dad and after losing my mom, it took several years on both of them for those dates when they came up to not trigger me <laughs> into, into a depression for several weeks, you know, mm -hmm. um, and r recognizing that that was going to happen. I was able to kind of start doing the work a couple weeks ahead of those dates, <laughs> start talking about the things that I knew would start hitting me whether I wanted them to or not on those dates, mm -hmm. that was really helpful. Um, so I think, I think it's important to kind of really be introspective and understand yourself and, and how you respond 
to all the stimuli that comes in at you. Because um, sometimes you can you can you can tell it's you know it's going to come. <laughs> you know, it's not always a big surprise when you get depressed. So um, that's yeah. one of the <clears throat> the learning processes of that you are able to recognize it and then approach it in a way that was going to be hurtful, but at the same time, at, at the under, uh, other end of it, it was going to be helpful yep. for you. Yep. And that's important too for, for individuals is recognizing, okay, I'm feeling this way. Why am I feeling this way? And then being able to do what you have to do to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just a whole, it could be take a life, you mm-hmm. know, it could be a lifetime. It, it's, a, it's a journey. And um, most, you know, a lot of disabilities are permanent. They're not going to go away. Yeah. And, you know, if we could get, you know, just thrive and, and learn how to live, live a, a normal life. Again, not everybody's a, happy. We're not saying that you're going to be the happiest person in the world. Just finding a way. I mean, just thinking about some people that are dealing with pain, you know, um, you know, pain ailments and pain disability, back, back, you know, things like that, back pains and, and, and people that deal with severe depression, um, which I believe severe depression can be compared to serious back pain. I believe we, we do an activity with the mental health first aid trainings where we compare disabilities, physical and mental. And so a severe backache could really dis- disable someone, can really impact someone's life. Yeah. Same with severe depression. Yeah. You know, and, and the idea I think is to learn how to cope and find something that could help you make it through. Yeah. Because imagine having a back ache it's so bad that you can't work. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? I think you mentioned, uh, you know, getting back to quote unquote, back to a normal life. Um, I think that's maybe a little bit of a misnomer because I think a normal life includes pain. Like pain is a natural part of life and it's a natural part of living. It's how we cope with it. It's how we, we tend to that pain, whether it's physical or mental, either one that determines whether or not it dictates the course of our life. Right. Are we going to, live in pain or are we going to cope with pain, deal with pain and then move on from it and be able to experience other things. So I think it's, it's whether or not we allow ourselves to just only exist in pain and forget that there's other aspects to life. Right. Me, you. Hi, I am Dr. Dan Kolak, Chief Medical Officer at Indian Health Council and a member of the Association of American Indian Physicians and the Palma Band of Lusanyu Indians. In 1971, American Indian and Alaska Native Physicians launched AAIP to improve and protect the health of indigenous cultures. AAIP encourages all American Indians and Alaska Natives eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine to get vaccinated to preserve our tribal cultures for future generations. Indian Health Council has been empowering Native wellness for over 50 years. We continue to do so with services like our mobile pantry, where you can receive free and nutritious food for you and your family. Join us at our Rincon facility on the second Tuesday of every month or on the fourth Tuesday of every month at our Santa Isabel location between 10 and 11 a.m. Upon arriving, you'll receive a variety of prepackaged dry goods and bulk produce. 
The Mobile Pantry is open to all families and community members. Both of our sites are following all COVID-19 health and safety guidelines as recommended by the CDC at this time. Upon arriving, please stay in your vehicle and wear a mask when coming to receive your food and practice safe social distancing. We look forward to seeing you at our mobile pantry, and we thank you for listening to this podcast. Indian Health Council, empowering Native wellness since 1970. So being able to function and thrive despise your disability is key. And going back to, uh, Mercy, you shared the, the, how do we know when a disability is impacting us? You know, if it affects our um, work, relationships, and daily activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we just want to be able to get back to being able to work, being able to have a a, a relationship and do my day to day. You know, I'm not saying, you know, go be super successful at a, you know, a pro basketball player. Just some people have, you know, especially severe mental illnesses. Sometimes you feel like you're not going to make, you know, make it to the next day. Yeah. And, and just a breath of fresh air or breath of hope is, is well, well and let's be clear. Uh, there are plenty of professional athletes and, you know, rock stars, people who we look at and go, wow, they're super successful. They must be really happy and have their, their entire life together. They're they're committing suicide too. They're, they're going into rehab facilities. They're going through stuff. It it, it doesn't matter where you're at on the socioeconomic spectrum. We all deal with physical and mental pains. and, And some of us, you know, no matter where we are in our life are, are, less equipped to cope with those things than others. Um, and I think what, what we're always trying to do with this podcast and with the work that you guys do is, is whatever your situation is, knowing that you're not alone and that there is help if you seek it, it can be found. And, and uh, I think it's probably the single most important message that I think we can put out there is like, you're not alone. We all feel some level of of pain in some manner that's similar if not exactly the same as yours and and uh there are people who can relate and who can help right yes it's just getting to that point where you can be vulnerable with yourself and then and ask for help Mm -hmm. not letting yourself get to the point where now you need and you have to have help but um being able to recognize it early and then be vulnerable and share with somebody that really cares and say, well, you know what? I'm feeling this way. I really need some help. Yeah. Well, and I think it's important too, like with the mental health uh, issues, you're talking about getting help early. If we compare that, like we've been doing like the back pains and, and, you know, twisted ankles and stuff, you know, if you have a severe wound in your leg and it's an open wound, like you want to get that disinfected and sewed up and taken care of right away, or, it could become infected, go gangrene, you lose the whole leg, you know, like Mm -hmm. trying Mm -hmm. to ignore it and pretend it'll go away. There's definite repercussions to that. And I think understanding that the mental illness is the same, like you can recognize those symptoms early on, 
get help and treatment early and, and, and while it's still a manageable deal, but the longer you wait, kind of the more compounded it all becomes, right? And it becomes harder and harder to treat. Not that you should ever not seek treatment at any point in time, even if it's a mountain you're looking to climb, start doing the climb. But, but you can definitely make your life easier if you seek help sooner than later, right? And I feel important to note that even if someone is refusing treatment or wanting to come in and, you know, be, you know, say I need help, you know, as a support system, don't ever stop not offering that support. It may not be today or tomorrow or maybe even, you know, in the year. So just never stop trying to offer your support and saying like, hey, you know, if you ever need to talk or if you need help or whenever you're ready, I'm ready, so, you know, so because you never know people... It takes a while for them to come to terms with maybe what what they're going through and want help. And on that note, I think it's important also to not not offer what you can't provide. Right. So as much knowing as we, your limits. Yeah, and, and if we, you know, especially dealing with a loved one and especially a serious mental illness, if if you can't help them, have the be brave enough to tell yourself that and tell this person that, but try to find them help, but sometimes we think we're helping them and, and we could actually be, you know, whether it's enabling them or making or, or, or continuing their, their situation, you know? So it's important to know your limits as a help, as someone that wants to help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're reaching out to somebody who's dealing with anxieties and depression, I mean, part of those issues sometimes can stem from, issues of trust and, and respect and, and feeling vulnerable to trusting other people. And if you over promise and under deliver on what you can do to help them out, then you've compounded their trust issue, mm-hmm. right? Because you've now deemed yourself as being untrustworthy in their eyes. So you might yeah. have been the only person they actually gave any trust. Yeah. To. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you gotta be, you know, n- never shy away from trying to help somebody, but yeah, definitely you know, make sure that you're, you're realistic in what it is you, you tell them you can do for them and and how you can help them. And I think always try and engage anybody who's coming to you for support, trying to get them to engage in in more outreach beyond yourself. Because I think you, there's always a risk of becoming lost and becoming a caretaker and getting getting too wrapped up in somebody else's problems too. So you want to be careful. You don't get lost trying to take care of them and making that so much of a focus for yourself mm-hmm. too. Um, and that could be hard to do. Yeah. Just looking Especially at if it's it. family, right? Yeah. Like, you don't, you want them to be independent also and not be like, you know, a hinder or, you know, take full control of. Yeah. Share the load. Right. That's, that's what I, what I like to say all the time is trying to find a way to share the load. Um, that's why it's, uh, it's important to, when those individuals come knowing, you know, that they trust you, it's important to, to have those resources ready too, mm-hmm. yep. you know, because <clears throat> the last thing you want is someone not to be able to pick up on the other line when that person's ready. Mm-hmm. Like I'm ready to go in, I'm ready to, to share my story. I'm ready to get help for my depression or, or anxiety or whatever it might be, but you want someone to pick up on the other on the other line so that you were able to deliver what you, what you said you were going to do. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
Art, you got any more thoughts on all that? Oh, I just think, you know, like Marissa talked about having, um, you know, your, you know, don't give up, right? And then to be honest, we talked a lot about it earlier. You might not be the right person. Yeah. You know, knowing when to walk away and say, okay, I can't help you right now. Um, but I have my buddy here. I want to refer you to my buddy, Jason, my buddy, Marissa. You know, you might have to pull yourself, remove yourself from the situation, especially if it's family. Yeah. You know, you might have to walk away and um, pass pass it on to another uh, team member. Like you talked about building a web around a person of support system, people that can help. Yeah. Get that person to help. Get them into help. Get them into support. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have IHC here who has providers. You know, that insurance part kind of is already taken care of. Yeah. Because, you know, we're open and willing. If you're a registered client here, you're, you know, call the number and they'll get you scheduled in. You know, outside of IHC, it is a little more it is but i think we still have enough resources where we can help them Mm -hmm. direct them in the right way and 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 get them the resources that they need it might not be as wraparound service as here but we can provide um, resources to them if they can't come here yep that's kind of why we partnered up with the uh, pei group which is southern indian health council urban indian health Saquon. Um, and we all we all do similar services. So if someone can't get here, maybe they can get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we kind of have a, a partnership, if you may, with PEI programs. Right. That's great. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Urban Indian Health. And uh I think Saquon and Southern are working together now. And uh um and us. That's fantastic. Oh. Um, so any closing thoughts on the living with disabilities? Um, I mean, this has been, you know, two hours or so of discussions over the course of the month, um, on living with disabilities. Is there anything in summary that you'd like to to touch on before we, uh, wrap out the month? I just in reflecting and thinking back on our discussion, we talked a lot about kids. Yeah. And, uh, I think that should be said you know is for us to be aware and pay atten- pay pay close attention to our kids and recognize that something's going on and and you know th- this kid might need help mm-hmm. and and it doesn't mean you have to completely change your whole life it just it means you might have to make a call or get this get, get your child some help so a lot of these a lot of these disabilities could start at a young age and without treatment could could just get worse mm-hmm. and worse and worse. So, um, and on the, on the other end, if it's treated early, it might be able a lot easier to deal with through life. So just want to, you know, encourage people to be in tune. I know life has life's a traffic jam, but, uh, be in tune and, 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 and identify disabilities. Yeah. And my biggest reflection is the support. There's a lot of support out there. We might have to research it and find it. But, you know, they have mom blogs on certain issues your child may go through. You know, they have peer group supports. They have, you know, after-hours support groups. It's just kind of having to do a little research and find 
you know, what's the best way if you don't understand something maybe your child's going through and you want to lean on other parents to see maybe what worked for them. Just looking out there and seeing what's available to you and, you know, knowing where to find that. And, you know, I choose a good, good stepping point to do that. So we can offer resources and maybe point you in the right direction. Cool. And uh, anybody got the numbers that they can call? So yeah, for IHC, 760-749-1410 to talk with Behavioral Health, you can dial option four or extension 5249. We also have some numbers for the suicide prevention line, 1-800-273-8255. And NAMI San Diego, which was NAMI? What's that? What does NAMI stand for? NAMI stands for National Alliance Alliance of Mental on Mental Illness. Mental illness. There you go. So that one's 619-543-1434. Um, we also have the San Diego Access and Crisis Line, 888-724-7240. And one more, our SAMHSA, National Helpline. What does that stand for? SAMHSA. SAMHSA. How what it is? Yeah, that's 1-800-HELP or 1-800-622-HELP, also known as 1-800-662-4357. So these are some good resources um, to have. And also, again, 2-on-1, ask them for any of those programs. They can direct you to them or us, PEI group. Now, can somebody who knows somebody who's going through some sort of mental health uh, crisis, can they call those numbers to find out what they absolutely. can do for them as well? Yeah, absolutely. Because we, we always talk about the person who's actually suffering, but there's oftentimes a lot of us around the person mm -hmm. who's suffering who are struggling with how they can help or what they can do. So those numbers are also good for those people. Absolutely. Too. Yes, and I always feel like stating your advocacy on what you're doing as far as like, hey, I'm helping a friend, I need a number. You know, just maybe a little bit more explanation can get you more. The help. suicide prevention has a text line. Okay. So you could even text. Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm ha I, I, I have a friend or relative who's going through this. Mm -hmm. You know, so. Very cool. Good. That's good to know. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for all of these uh, very deep discussions about uh, living with disabilities this past month. Um, it, again, if you're if you're in crisis or you know somebody who's in crisis, please reach out to those numbers. We'll repeat a bunch of them again here at the end of the episode. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, I just hope that everybody out there who's listening, uh, you know, I hope if you're in pain, you reach out for help because it is there if you seek it. And uh, until we talk again or see you here at the clinic again, please live well, be well, and uh, we'll talk to you when we get to talk to you. See ya. Have a good one. Thank you. Out. Indian Health Council's What About Life podcast is made possible by the Prevention and Early Intervention Program funded by the County of San Diego Mental Health Services Act. Indian Health Council's Behavioral Health Hotline can be reached Monday through Friday 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. by calling 760-751-6004. That's 760-751-6004.
If you're outside of Indian Health Council service area and are experiencing a mental health emergency in San Diego, call the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. That's the San Diego Access and Crisis Line at 1-888-724-7240. Or call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. Help is available. All you have to do is reach out for it. Indian Health Council, empowering Native wellness since 1970.